Well, good morning again. I just want to really stress uh, that I'm really excited uh, for this morning. You have really picked a great day uh, to come to Liberty Church and be in the house of the Lord. We have a special treat and guest, uh, really a, a mighty man of God. He actually uh, operates under the, a prophetic mantle. And so he is a prophetic man of God. Uh, he was just talking with me and sharing with me. He has over 25 years uh, experience within the ministry. Uh, so he's seen a lot of things, done a lot of good things. Uh, he loves people. Uh, he loves God, more, more importantly. Uh, but he is actually uh, the founder and president of ICM. Does anybody know what ICM is? Do people even know we have that through our church? It's an international college of ministry. Through Liberty Church, you can get an actual accredited Bible degree. Uh, and so he is president and founder of that. Uh, so he is a, a mighty man of God. Amen. And we are actually going to be graduating uh, one of our very own folks this morning, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we're going to save that for the end, though, uh, to celebrate with her. And so without further ado, uh, let's give uh, Dr. Rafe uh, Self a big, stand up on your feet, a big warm Liberty Church Holly Pond. Welcome. Love you, sir. Thank you, Rafe. Glad to have you. I need, I need more. I need more. More. <laughs> more is good. You know what I'm saying? In a lot of things, except food. But it's good in a lot of ways. I had a, went to a shrimp boil last night. Woo-wee. It was good. Didn't help me sleep much, though. It was good. Anyway, um, I'm Ray Self, and uh, just introduce myself real quick. You can do a lot of self-jokes, self-puns with me. You've seen my businesses, self-storage, and almost self-service stations and all that sort of stuff. And I am... Uh, I have an advantage over you guys because I can actually take real selfies. <laughs> I can. I can talk to myself and go, self, what? You know, I'm self-aware, self-assured, all that kind of stuff. Amen. Enough self-puns. Anyway, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Lived in Memphis, Tennessee for 56 years. Uh, pastored uh, uh, three different churches in the Memphis, Tennessee area. Also pastored North Mississippi, a little town called Olive Branch, Mississippi. Uh, pastored a 100% African-American church in Olive Branch, Mississippi for eight years, which was a, an amazing church. Loved it. I founded the church, which was really strange. <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was a great church, a, a wonderful church. We could boogie, that's for sure. Amen. <laughs> we could dance. I mean, I couldn't dance. They could dance. Amen. Anyway, it was a great church. And uh, born and raised in Memphis, moved to Orlando, Florida about 13 years ago. And uh, Met Joe Warner, who's one of the apostolic fathers of the NRP, and became connected with Joe Warner and Freedom Fellowship Church down there, which is our home church. It's the basis of our college. And so I'm with Freedom Fellowship Church out of Orlando, Florida. I live in a town called Winter Park. So I go from Memphis to Olive Branch, Mississippi, to Orlando. That's kind of weird, man. It's, it's, Orlando's a strange place, I'll tell you. It's, it's fun. We got Mickey. Mickey Mouse actually used to belong to our church. That is really true. <laughs> Mickey Mouse belonged to our church. It's absolutely amazing. And, uh, of course, there are a lot of Mickey Mouses. <laughs> but I live in a little town called Winter Park, just outside of, of Orlando. And it's a very interesting place. It's, um, it's, it's all Yankees. Now, I'm, I'm southern born and raised, amen? My, my family, uh, my father's side of the family is from Anniston, Alabama. My great-grandfather was a Confederate soldier. He's buried in Coldwater, Alabama. And so I'm very southern, born and raised, and I moved to Orlando thinking on the map, that's a southern city, but it's not. Most everybody there is from New York or Michigan, and yeah, they're snowbirds. 
And so I'm still getting used to all the Yankees. So it's good to come to the south. I come north to get in the south. That's weird. You have to go north to get in the south. So it's good to be back home to sweet home Alabama, rollover tide or whatever they do. <laughs> now listen, I got to be honest with you. Now I got to be honest. You know, God has kind of stripped us of the football thing. It's like, come on, Lord, surely you're going to let football start back up, aren't you, Lord? SEC, SEC. And God just laughs at me. <laughs> I said SEC, and God said, no, no, no. I said, oh, come on, God. But my money and my daughter went to Ole Miss for four years. So I'm an Ole Miss fan. I was told by my daughter I was an Ole Miss fan. And according to how much money I invested in Ole Miss, I'm an Ole Miss fan. So hotty toddy. Okay. All right. I have no idea what that means, but that's their thing. But I do have a word. Thank you, Pastor Ian and Jess. Congratulations. Thank you, Xander. Amen. How about Xander? Amen. All right. Xander's going to be an amazing man of God. He really is. Xander's going to be very gifted. He's going to be an entrepreneur. He's going to be, he's very gifted. He's, I think he's going to be a very prosperous man. It's kind of what I, I see for him. He's going to be a man of God. He's going to be a man of, a, of international. I see a lot of international stuff for Xander. Anyway, a little, little prophetic stuff here. And uh, thank you, Lord. But today I do have a message from you. I think it's what God is talking, what God is telling me prophetically during this weird time we're in. You know, we're in a different time. They call it the new normal. It's not very normal to me. Amen. It really isn't normal to me. But God has stripped away a lot of stuff from us. Now, listen, I'm a sport. I love sports. I'm, I am a sports fanatic. You know, I love, I love football, and uh, I like basketball. I like, uh, I, I like college basketball. I like NBA pretty well. I love uh, NFL, so-so. They've kind of turned me off a lot now with their junk, amen. Uh, but, you know, I like sports, but God's taking it away, Amen. You know, I used to like to go to the movies. He's sort of taking that away, too. But I said, God, I mean, why are you taking so much stuff away? He's taking away our distractions, folks. And he, I want to tell you something. God's up to something. I mean, God, God is up to something. And God's given me three things that, that tell the church that I think God's up to. Three things he's asking of the church and of the body of Christ. And that's what I want to talk to you prophetically about today, okay? And I really believe this is from God. Three things that he wants from us during this new weird season. All right. But first of all, before we do this, I want to read a scripture from John. This is called the first order of business. Okay, first order of business. Hello, Pastor Keith. How do you, Pastor? Pastor Keith, this is called electricity. <laughs> you guys ain't never preached in the dark, amen, with a cell phone in your face. You know, cell phone light in your face. I mean, it was, it was interesting. And everybody's waving their lights in the audience. You know. It's like a concert. I felt like I was at an old, you know, old Eagles concert or something. Everybody's waving their lights, and it was, it was pretty cool, amen? It was pretty neat. But the first order of business, in John 16, 7, let me read the word to you. Jesus is talking. I think when Jesus talks, we should listen. But I tell you the truth, John 16, 7, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. To me, every time I read this, I keep imagining Imagine you're a disciple, and for the last three years, you've been walking around with Jesus. What could be cooler and more amazing to actually walk the earth with the Son of God? I mean, to have dinner with him, to walk down the road with him, to, to sit with him, I mean, to hug him. I mean, they're hanging out with Jesus. And all of a sudden, he says, you're going to be better off if I leave you. I mean, I mean, Peter is going, you know, Peter, Peter always had an opinion. Peter's going, what? <laughs> What? <laughs> you know, Matthew's going, huh? John's going, hmm. 
Anyway, they're freaking out. Because he said, you're going to be better off when I leave you. And what, what's happening is, he said, when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So the, the, it's actually kind of logical. What's better, to have Jesus with you or have Jesus in you? Now, see, if he's in you, you've got him 24 hours a day. If he's with you, they're only going to have him for three years, and he's going to go into heaven, amen? What he's saying, listen, guys, you, you think it's good right now? I, I, got you some, I got something better for you. I'm going to send my spirit to live in your heart, and you'll have him all the time. That's even better. He said, if I do not go away, he said, he will not come. If I do not go away, he will not come. But if I go away, I will send him to you. So Jesus went into heaven, and he sent us the Holy Spirit. Then in John 16, verse 13, Scripture says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose it to you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me. Or he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. So, with that said, I need four volunteers to come up here. I promise you, you will be embarrassed. No, I promise you, I will not. <laughs> I promise you, I will not embarrass you too much. Unless you're an Alabama fan, then I may, I don't know. I mean, really, do I need four people. It's four volunteers. Four, okay, come on up. Four people. Four people. Okay, four people. I've got two. I need two more. You guys are chicken. You're scared. Quack, quack, quack. Okay, just four, not five. Okay, now just, just that's right. Just spread out like that. Just four across, okay? I mean, we, can, we can socially distance, okay? There's four volunteers. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm from Florida. I'm from Florida, okay? Now, one thing I do, I do want you, and everybody here, just, just, just do me one favor. Just kind of raise your hand up like this. Raise your hand up like this. Okay, raise your hand up. Now, put your other hand, kind of put your other hand over like, like this or down like this, okay? Now, put your hands together like this. Ah! Go Gators, right? Go Gators. I got, we got some Gator fans here, Pastor. Can you believe it? In Holly Pond. There you go. All right, go Gators. There you go. See, you are, she was already up here. All right, so he said, he, Jesus said something very important for us. He said, all things the Father has for mine, therefore he should take of mine and disclose it to you. So here we go. So what, what's your name? Jeremy, for the purposes of this demonstration, you are God. Okay? Here, wow, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Did you hear the thunder? <laughs> okay, I'm, no, do not strike me down, God. This is scary, man. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> okay, and what's your name? Jessica, you're Jesus. Okay, JJ, Jesus, Jessica, Jesus. Okay, and you're? Forrest, you're the Holy Spirit. Teresa? You are Teresa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so what Jesus was telling us was, and this is the way it works with God. You have God. Remember, Jesus said, look, all things the Father has for mine, therefore he takes the mind to close it to you. So, what God does is God downloads to Jesus constantly. Everything that God has, God is giving to Jesus Christ, okay? Now, if we weren't social distancing here, I'd say you get up and whisper in your ear, but we're social distance. So God is downloading all his stuff to Jesus, right? What's Jesus doing? He said, he shall take of mine. Who's he talking about? He. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus takes what he gets from God, and he downloads it. To the Holy, he's giving it everything he's got. He's giving it to the Holy Spirit, right? He's giving the Holy Spirit. Then Holy Spirit, you turn and you're giving it to Teresa, all right? And this is the way it works. This it doesn't work any other way. It goes from God to Jesus 
to the Holy Spirit to you, right? Okay, Holy Spirit, step out of the way. You come up here or whatever. Just step out of the way. Just get out of the way. This is where a lot of people are right now. A lot of people are. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, they, don't, they don't have that. And so what you have with some people is you've got to disconnect. You've got God giving everything he's got to Jesus. Jesus trying to talk to Teresa, but she hasn't got the Holy Spirit, and so she's not getting it. Now, she knows about Jesus. She's read about Jesus. She's heard about Jesus. She can tell you his stories, but she don't really know him. She don't have an intimate relationship with him. She don't have a revelation of him because the Holy Spirit's out of the equation. Then you got some people, a lot of people, Jesus, just step out of the way. You got a lot of people who say, you know what, I'm a good person. I'm going to go to heaven. You know why? Because I'm a good person. No, they don't know Jesus. They don't have Jesus as Savior. I want you to look at the gap. Well, look, at the, look at the distance between God and Teresa because Jesus is gone. They got no hope. The Holy Spirit is, is gone. There is a gap that cannot be filled. There is a, a bridge that you cannot cross. Amen? So come on back. Come on back, Jesus. Come on back, Holy Spirit. But you see, Teresa is filled with the Spirit of God. And Teresa has accepted Jesus as her Savior. So God is telling something that he wants Teresa to know. God's got some information for Teresa that's going to change her life. God's got some stuff for Teresa that's going to rock her boat. Amen? And God is telling it to Jesus. And Jesus says, okay, God, I got it. So so Jesus turns to the Holy Spirit. He's going, Holy Spirit, this is what I want you to tell Teresa. This is what I want you to give Teresa. And so Jesus is downloading to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit turns to Teresa. And, man, she's getting it straight from the throne room. All the way. She's getting it. Amen. She's getting it. You know why? Because there's a divine order. And you cannot remove one of these pieces. You have to have them all operating. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Great job. Great job. Amen. Amen. There's scary stuff out there, amen. <laughs> Some of my jokes I may not be able to tell here. <laughs> amen. Amen. So I want you to get that because that's foundational. Without the Holy Spirit and Jesus, you don't really know God. Amen. The Holy Spirit's in you. You have to have the Holy Spirit. Now, I was raised Baptist, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I love Baptists. I was raised, I like the Baptists. I really the good folks. I mean, I saved as a Baptist. But I didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit. But when I got filled with the Spirit of God, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, man. I had revelation I had never dreamed of before. All of a sudden, I started hearing things and knowing things and seeing things and loving things I could not have imagined. You have to have the whole divine connection operating. Amen? Amen. So while I'm thinking about it, before I move on, that's just, what, that's just foundational stuff here. I got a couple of books on the back table I didn't mention. Hear His Voice, Be His Voice. It's a prophetic book. How to hear the voice of God, how to know when he's talking to you, and how, what you do with it, okay? I have another book back there I wrote several years ago called Redeeming Your Past and Finding Your Promised Land. It's how to get over your stuff and get into what God's called you to do. It's kind of like me. I was a businessman. I was a successful businessman. At one time, I owned six different companies. I used to have business meetings in uh, Las Vegas, uh, conferences in Nassau in the Bahamas, Paradise Island. Uh, I, had, I drove my Cadillac. I had a sports car. Had a 35-foot boat parked up at Pickwick Lake. You know, you got Gunnersville Lake, then you got Wheeler, then you got Wilson, then you got Pickwick. Up the Tennessee River from here, amen? And uh, I was successful according to the world, and I was miserable. I could not find peace. I could not find my happiness. You got any older people here, any old rock and rollers here? Any old rock and rollers here? Remember the old Rolling Stones song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction? I Can't Get No 
satisfaction. But I tried, and I tried, and I tried, but I can't get no, uh-huh. Well, that was me. I couldn't get no satisfaction. I thought more money would give it to me. I thought more fame would get it to me. I thought more prestige would give it to me. I thought a better car would give it to me. I was crazy about boats. I started off with a 16-footer. I thought a 16-foot boat will do it. Amen? Nope, that didn't do it, so I bought me a 21-footer. I thought a 21-footer would do it. Amen? I thought that would do it. That so I bought me a 26-footer. I thought, 26-footer, that's a good-sized boat. That'll do it. Nope. I sold it and bought me a 35-footer. I said, 35-footer, that's a big old boat, man. Matter of fact, that boat would sleep eight people. That was a big old boat, man. I had pressurized hot water on that boat. That was a good boat, amen? And I said, no, that boat's too big, so I sold it and bought me a 19-footer. The whole time, I was looking for something I couldn't find. And what I was looking for was my promised land. I was looking for my purpose. I was looking for that peace and satisfaction. You only find it in your promised land. So I got a book. Unfortunately, your other church bought most of them. So if it's sell out back there, you can get them on Amazon, amen? Or if you want to trust me with your money, I'll send you one when I get back to the office, okay? Amen. They're, they're $9.95. I don't give change. <laughs> Ten bucks. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, also, please, uh, just one other quick announcement. I don't want to do a whole lot of announcements. Y'all have had a bunch of announcements. I'm really excited because this is cool. I got contacted by Charisma Magazine. Y'all familiar with Charisma Magazine? They asked me to be a part of their podcast network. So I got a podcast now with Charisma. It's called Self Talk <laughs> with Ray Self. <laughs> Pretty original, don't you think? Amen. And it's on uh, Charisma. Uh, you can look up the Charisma website. It's also on iTunes. It's on uh, Google and YouTube. Check out uh, my podcast, Self Talk with Ray Self. And that's all I'm going to do for infomercial. But if you order it in the next 10 minutes, <laughs> you will get not only one, <laughs> but two. I'll stop. I'll behave. Okay. I'm not doing no more Alabama jokes. I promise you. I have a couple good ones, though. So, you know, like how many Alabama. Freshman, does it take the change? To, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Okay, that's fine. Won't do it. All right. How many Auburn freshmen? <laughs> won't do it. Won't do it. All right. I believe, let me get serious. I believe prophetically three things the Lord is calling us to do here. All right. The first thing, remember, this is all about three things. The first thing in this COVID weird season we're in, God is saying, it's time for you to get focused. God has taken away so many things from us. We have no more excuse. We have got to get focused. He took away our distractions. He's taken away a lot of distractions. Amen. You can't even go to the movies. Amen. And you know, I'm kidding about football, but it might not even be a football season this year. Amen? Ole Miss won't even have an opportunity to lose. Okay. Amen. <laughs> I mean, the distractions are gone. So I started looking up the word distraction. Now, remember, number one, focus. But the reason we don't focus is because we're distracted, right? What's the definition of distraction? This is, this is kind of heavy stuff. According to Webster, it's a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. So what thing is preventing you from giving full attention to God? Who's given you a revelation through Jesus and the Holy Spirit? See, the attention you need to give is to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is glorifying Christ who's getting his information from God. But what's keeping you from focusing on what the Spirit of God is trying to tell you? What's keeping you? A distraction. What's a distraction? A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. So I, I, I Googled and did Webster. What causes distraction? This is interesting. Distraction is caused by the lack of ability to pay attention. Hmm. A lack of interest in the object of attention. That's kind of 
weird or sad, or the novelty or attractiveness of something other than the object of attention. So what's more attractive in your life than God? What's more attractive to you than what the Holy Spirit's trying to say? I want to tell you something. I, I've learned the hard way. When you hear the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into success. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you into victory. The Holy Spirit will lead you into healing. The Holy Spirit will give you an answer for your rebellious teenager. The Holy Spirit will give you an answer for your wife. The Holy Spirit will give you an answer about your money. The Holy Spirit will give you an answer about what the church needs to be doing. The Holy Spirit has the answer for everything because he's got this download from God and Jesus. And he's trying to talk to you. But we're distracted because there's something that's getting our attention. There's something that's getting more attention than the Holy Spirit. And I think one of the reasons God has stripped away so much from us is God wants our attention. I think God wants our attention. Amen? Okay. That's number one. Number two. Well, let me, let me, well, before I go on to number two, I want to tell you about a new disease I found out. There's, there's a new virus that's uh, sweeping the church. Now, COVID was pretty bad, right? But there's a new virus. It's called spiritual attention deficit disorder. <laughs> we don't want that virus. Amen? Does anybody have a spiritual attention deficit disorder? <laughs> That's a virus. Amen? We don't want to have that. You can choose what you focus on. Now, as a counselor, I, I've often said this to people. Whatever you focus on controls you. Whatever you. When you focus on a problem, what's controlling you? Problem. How about you ever been offended or hurt by someone you care about? Where's your focus? You're, you, you, for, for days, you don't think about anything about what that person said about what that person did, about how you can fix it, what, what, why did they do that, why did they say that, and you give hours and hours and hours of attention to that person, they have your focus and they're controlling your life. Amen? But when you focus on the Holy Spirit, He will control your life. Whatever you focus on will control you. Romans 8, 5, for those who according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. Those according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind cell in the flesh is death, the mind cell in the spirit is life and peace. So what are you thinking about? What, where's your focus? Now listen, you ever watched a good movie? You know, or a bad movie? Well, when you watch a good movie, it's got your focus, right? And for about two hours, you don't think about anything else about that movie, all right? You know, what, what are they going to do? How are the Avengers ever going to defeat Thanos, who got rid of half the universe? <laughs> you know? How are they going to do that? I mean, you would think about stupid stuff. Because that movie controls you. God wants our focus. Amen? Now, listen, we can't, I mean, we, he wants our focus. And what happens, look, look what the promise is. When you set your mind on worldly stuff and this normal stuff, it's going to be death. There's no peace in it. But when you set your mind on the Spirit of God, there's a promise. Life and peace. Hey, come on. I mean, how many of us want life and peace? I mean, life and peace. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it in a heartbeat. Life and peace. If I focus my mind on the Holy Spirit, the Bible says I will have life and peace. I'll take it in a heartbeat. I'll take it every single time. Amen? So, that's number one, focus. Number two, God said, tell my people to be bold. Number two, be bold. What's the definition of bold? According to Webster, it's a person showing an ability to take risk or be confident. Take risk or be confident. You know, sometimes like going door to door, knocking on apartments, knocking on people's door, that takes a little boldness, amen? It's a little bit of a risk. They may slam the door in your face. You don't know what they're going to do. Let me tell you, go away. 
Some of you think you're a Jehovah's Witness or something. <laughs> Be bold. Psalms 138.3. On the day I called you, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. You made me bold, God. You made me bold. We need godly boldness. Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And they marveled as they took knowledge of them. They had been with Jesus. Peter and John were ignorant men. They were not educated. But they were bold. And because they were bold, people were like, wow, these guys are amazing. Look at these guys. They don't know anything, but how they get so bold? Wait a minute. These are the guys that hung out with Jesus. Wow, they're bold. Boldness gets people's attention. Amen? And God said, tell my church. Tell my church. And this weird crazy time, one thing we can do is we can start to focus. We can start to focus on our purpose, focus on what God is telling us to do, focus on who we are in Christ, focus on the truth, focus on the Holy Spirit, focus on what He's trying to direct us to do. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit, every problem in your life, every single problem in your life, the Holy Spirit has an answer for. Every problem. You know, I, I get stumped by stuff, amen? But the Holy Spirit has an answer. Now, you would think a football team, if they're led by the Spirit, they'd win every game. <laughs> The Holy Spirit doesn't care, okay? <laughs> That's why. But the point is, it's what you, what you focus on. But boldness means to take a risk and be confident. Let me tell you something. When the Spirit of God comes on you, you will be bold. You will do things under the anointing that you cannot do as a normal person. There's a boldness. You know, people thought, well, I got the Holy Spirit and I started speaking in tongues. Well, good for you. I got the Holy Spirit and I started getting discerning of spirits. I got the Holy Spirit, and I started prophesying. Well, that's all good stuff. But one of the biggest things the Holy Spirit gives people is boldness. Peter and John were just fishermen, but they were bold. They were bold. And we have to be bold and confident in this new normal. We're in a new normal, right? It's called, am I on TV yet? No, we're not. TV screens right going, huh? Well, at least you got electricity, man. <laughs> oh, we are on live? Hey. <laughs> anyway, you got <laughs> okay. You got to be bold <laughs> and quit being stupid. Okay, wait a minute. My wife's not here now. See, if she was here, Chrissy's very sweet. My wife is born to be mild. You've heard "born to be wild." She's born to be mild. She's very sweet. Never raises her voice, but she'll sit on the front row and she'll kind of go. I said, Christy, and I don't pay attention to it, you know, because she's just kind of going, I don't want to look at it. She's like, sitting right there, I'll look over here. Amen. <laughs> then one day, I decided to look at her, because I had looked at her the whole sermon, and she was going, <laughs> but she's not here. <laughs> hey, honey. <laughs> okay. All right. But we are called to be bold, and you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Now, this is why I showed you this divine order up here. You, you, you've, got to keep, you've got to keep focusing on that. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot be a witness of Christ. You shall, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and then you shall be my witness, okay? Power when Holy, then you shall be. When Jesus said, look, I don't want you to be an ordinary person. I want you to be a witness with boldness and power. Amen. The third thing God said, tell my church, is to have courage. Be courageous. Be focused, 
Be bold and be courageous. Now, what is courage? Courage, according to Daniel Webster, is the ability to do something that frightens you. Strength in the face of pain or grief. Let me tell you, you know what courage is? When you're scared and you do it anyway. Now, every hero, when you talk to soldiers and SEAL team guys, special forces guys, they'll tell you they were scared when they went into battle, but they did it anyway. That's what, that's what courage is. It means you do something anyway. And I was telling the other two services about, I love history, and it's the Battle of Shiloh, which was when Ulysses says Grant uh, had a big problem. He had put his troops on the edge of the Tennessee River, actually just near Pickwick Lake, and they had, were being attacked by 40,000 Confederate soldiers coming up from Corinth, Mississippi. This is one of the first major battles of the Civil War. Over 22,000 men were killed and wounded in this battle. But before the battle started, a reporter interviewed Ulysses S. Grant and said, General Grant, are you afraid before a battle? And now Grant was one of the greatest generals of all time. He ended up to be President of the United States. You know what Grant said? He said, yes, I am afraid, but I'm not going to pay attention to it. And I thought, well, that's a hero. And he would literally, during the battle, he got in front of his troops and ran, rode his horse across the front lines cheering his soldiers on while 40,000 Confederate soldiers were shooting at him. That's courage. He was scared, but he did it anyway. So sometimes you will be afraid, but you can, with the Holy Spirit, you can do it anyway. All right? So number one, be focused. Number two, be bold. Number three, be courageous. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Now, in this verse he said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. Tremble at them? Who's them? Don't be afraid or tremble at them. So, Lord, who is them? And the Lord told me, he said, them is every demon and demonic hindrance in your life. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of this crazy, uh, evil forces operating in our life. There's a spirit of Antichrist in our country today. Now, the Antichrist is not here, but his spirit is already in the world, according to Jesus. So there's a spirit of the Antichrist that's operating through media and through a lot of crazy things going on. I'm not going to get into a political statement about the Democrats. I won't even talk about that. Okay. But, we will <laughs> but what I'm saying is we're not to be afraid of the evil because we have the Lord we're bold and we are courageous we have the Spirit of God on us amen we're not to be afraid of the evil that's going on in our nation we go on and we look at Deuteronomy 31 7 Moses called to Joshua and said to him in all the sight of Israel be strong and courageous for you will go with his people into the land which the Lord has sworn you to your fathers to give them and you shall give it to them as an inheritance so what he was saying look be courageous because there's a promised land now, hear me, folks. Remember I said you've got to focus, right? Be courageous. There's a promised land. God has called you to something great. God has called you to something above what you can do naturally. God has called you to something wonderful. But you're going to have to be bold, and you're going to have to be courageous to take the promise. Now, listen, God has promised you something wonderful, but you're going to have to fight for it. But when you fight for it, you will win. If you are bold and you're courageous, no demon can keep you out of your promised land. Amen.
No demon will stop the church. No demon will stop your family. No demon will stop your finances. No demon will stop your health. No demon will stop you because you're bold and you're courageous. Amen. And you're focused on what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. And that's the three steps. And you have to do that. Deuteronomy 31.8, another verse that reinforces this. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. The Lord is going ahead of you. Listen, hear me. If you're called to do something particular, and you know this is what God's called you to do. You know why? Because you got this download from God to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to you. So you know God wants you to do this, right? When you do what God's called you to do, and you're bold, and you're courageous in doing it, the demons will flee you. But if you're timid and going, well, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, I, I'll try. No, you've got to be bold and courageous, and the demons will leave you alone. It's kind of like, this is kind of a silly principle. Anybody ever had a dog run after them? You ever had a dog chase you? You ever done this with a dog that chases you? Oh, no, don't hit me. Don't bite me. Don't bite me. Oh, go away, go away. That dog would tear you up. You have to look at that dog and go, get out of here. Get. And when you turn around and you face the dog and you raise your voice and tell the dog to get, the dog will stop in a heartbeat. Why? Because you're bold and you're courageous and that dog recognizes authority and he's going to leave you alone. But if you act like a wimp, the dog will chew your leg off. <laughs> he will. He'll do it. So, listen, you've got to focus, folks. You've got to hear what God's trying to tell you. You've got to hear it. Quit being distracted. You've got to hear it. Then you've got to be bold and you've got to have some courage. And when you do that, you're going to succeed. You're going to succeed. See, this is what I believe. I believe in this new normal, quote, I hate that phrase, but new normal, okay, and we're bold, focused, and courageous. I believe every demonic hindrance in our land, every demonic hindrance in your life is going to fall before the onslaught of a focused, bold Christian army. If you are focused, bold, and courageous, no demon, nothing's going to stop you because God is with you. God goes before you. God is preparing the way for you. But you, if you're distracted and you're not paying attention, you're, not going, to, you're going to head the wrong direction. And the enemy's going to pick you off. He's going to pick you off. Amen? Are you getting ready to sing something? Or is this like a cue? Or are you going to play guitar? You're going to play like the end of the sermon type music? Okay, I got it. You want me to sing with you? Okay, I'll wait on that. Okay. Now listen, I'm getting ready to close. But this is what I really want to do here. This is what I really feel. I feel it's time to repent. Because I think a lot of us are distracted. I've been distracted, okay? We've been distracted. We're not getting the downloads like we should because we're distracted by whatever is distracting. It could be worry, stress, relationships, your wife, your job, whatever. We're distracted. I think God is saying, look, repent. It's time to say, Lord, forgive me for being distracted. I choose today I'm going to focus on you. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to do what you call me to do. I want to be your servant, Lord. Lord, forgive me for being distracted. Today, I choose to focus. And today, Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is coming, and he's going to give me a spirit of boldness. And I thank you, Father, in your name, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Therefore, Lord, I've got courage, Father. And so if you'd like to pray with me and, and, and say, Lord, I want to repent of being distracted. I want to focus. I want to be bold. And I want to be courageous. And I want to do what you've called me to do. 
if you'd like to pray this prayer with me, if you just raise your hand, I want to pray with you, okay? All right. Thank you, Lord. For Lord, every hand raised here. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I knew it. Pastor Keith. <laughs> Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Father. You said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we confess that at times we haven't focused like we should focus. We haven't paid attention like we should pay attention. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I repent. I choose today. I choose today. Lord, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to focus on your word, your truth, your call, your purpose. Lord, forgive me for not focusing, but I, I've turned around today. I'm going a new direction. I am focused. And Father, I choose with your help to be bold and be courageous. I receive your forgiveness. I thank you, Father, that you have cleansed me. And Father, it's a new day. Father, I thank you, Father, that I am a focused I am a bold and I am a courageous Christian working for the kingdom of God. Just give him praise. Amen. Amen.